Welcome to the weekly podcast of Grace Valley Church. We're thrilled to have you join us. Our goal is to guide individuals towards Jesus and help them fulfill their divine destiny. Our hope is that you'll experience a renewed encounter with God today. For additional information about our church, please visit MyGraceValley.com. Without further ado, let's dive into this week's message. We have been really just walking through an incredible season uh, here at Grace Valley Church. God's just been doing some pretty amazing things. In fact, last weekend, we had what we called our Holy Spirit Conference, and we had a great morning and evening service. How many, oh yeah, how many of you enjoyed that? It was so powerful, uh, heard, hearing testimonies, people who were baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues for the very first time and getting their heavenly language. We know it's not about the gift, it's about the giver of the gift, but these signs and wonders that follow them. Can I just tell you too, uh, we've been talking a lot about our next generation, all the great things that are happening in next gen and our, our, our young adults, our student ministry. A couple of weeks ago, on a Wednesday night, we had uh, something awesome happen in our children's ministry. Uh, They have this thing where they train young kids and how to be leaders, and, and the leaders had a prayer time, and on a Wednesday night during prayer, before the thing even started, Uh, We had three kids baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues, giving the Lord praise and everything. Come on. Come on, that's not loud enough. That's exciting. Woo! God is moving and he's doing incredible things and we're just so excited to be a part of God's plan for these days here upon this planet. And if you came wondering, I want you to know God has a plan for this planet. He has a plan for this world. He has a plan for your life. And I know that sometimes we can go through life and the chaos of the moment can overtake us, the chaos of the moment. I want you to see the title of my message today is A Move of God in the Midst of Chaos. Ooh. Oh, it's about to be on. No. How many of you have ever experienced some chaos in your life? Right? Uh, chaos of a moment, chaos of some bad decisions. Uh-oh. I won't go too deep into all your bad gnomes, all of our bad decisions that we've made. But I want you to know, we're going to see a story here in the book of Acts of a move of God that began to happen, and, and it began to happen in some chaos. And I know this is Mother's Day, and I know that moms in the room, you've probably operated in chaos uh, in, in moments of your life, and you just excel in that. You've, you're, you're, making, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're going to work, you're cleaning a house, you're helping do this, you're helping do that, you're helping get kids off to school, you're doing all the things. Come on, moms, right? And sometimes, you know, we're, we're you know, fellows, we, we kind of, we just get tired just watching you operate at such a high level. Like, wow, what what you're doing right now, I I need a cup of coffee just to watch you. Just to watch you go. 
Because you got multiple things happening, and, and I think we all do. We live in a society that, that, that uh, has probably a lot of chaos in it. If you take a look at the world today, there's a lot of chaos happening. But I want you to know something. I believe that God is stirring and he is moving. And in the midst of the chaos in the world, I believe that we are on the precipice of an incredible move of God. An incredible move of God. I believe that we are standing at the doorway of what might be called uh, another great awakening. Um, there have been four major great awakenings uh, in our history as a, uh, of the world that we know of. It's a, a great awakening is different than a than a revival. I think a revival is the term we use. We know the Lord. We we walk in Him. Come on, how many of you ever prayed? We prayed. God, give us revival. We want Your move and Your power to move in us. Let me show you what, what a revival is, and it's so good, it's so powerful, it's so needed. Revival is when a person, church, or Christian institution is lacking spiritual vitality to the point of being spiritually dead or in the throes of spiritual death, and God in that moment restores spiritual vitality. He brings a, a hope and a vitality to those things that's maybe dead. Maybe there's some areas of our hearts or, or our lives that need a little revival. Lord, help us to encounter that revival. Help us to be open to what you are doing as you join us here today on this Mother's Day. We have been walking through the book of Acts, and, and we continue that series today watching all the things that God has done through the church in our hearts and lives. So we're praying that God would revive the world around us. But as a pastor, can I just say that I am thankful that we as a church are not, or a Christian institution as the world might view us, that we are not lacking spiritual vitality. We are hungry. Come on, is anybody else hungry with me? We are hungry for the things of God. And so I believe this, as we seek and pray for revival, for dead things to come to life again, for those things which, which, which we may have, maybe it's even dreams and aspirations in our lives that we've laid down. I, 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 I watch and, and you see all these, uh, you know, these stories of, of, of individuals who, who, who have, have gone through their lives and, and they've laid down and they've sacrificed their own dreams and their own ambitions for their family. Moms do it all the time. They work hard for their kids and they help them to achieve. And, and many times those things can take place in our hearts and our lives. And then, and then you see someone later in life going, now I want to strive. I believe it's time for us to dream again to ask God for some of those things that maybe we've pushed off to the back burner and said, God, help us and revive those things. So here's the, the difference of a revival and an, an awakening. A great awakening is a visitation of God on a city, on a county, 
on a region or a country that affects the people spiritually, causing them to turn to God, which, listen to this, changes the societal values and social interaction. Come on, how many of you would agree with me? We need, a, we need, a, we need an awakening in the power of the presence of the Lord. I believe that God is stirring and he's moving all throughout the world today. There are stirrings and groanings and things that are happening. And and I want you to know that a great awakening that took place, there were four of them in our history, they weren't something that took place in a moment and then they were done and they were gone. Many of them were decades or decades long. There was a hunger and a thirst and a desire for the things of the Lord and, and, and the things that this world has walked through. There is a new hunger and a thirst and a desire for the Lord. The first great awakening took place way back in the 1700s, 1730 through 1740. And uh, this is when, when Jonathan Edwards preached his incredible message, sinners in the hands of an angry God. And it, he, 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 listen, I, I love this message. It is said that he, like me, I, I get excited, so I talk a little loud sometimes. Pastor, Pastor Brian, uh, man, when, when Bri- Pastor Brian's preaching, I, I sit there and I'm ready to get up and <laughs> go get it. If you missed the last two weeks, which really set the backdrop for where we're headed today, you need to listen to to the two messages following Easter Sunday. Uh, Man, they were incredible on the gifts of the Holy Spirit and miracles and what God's doing in his church today. The second great awakening was in 1810. Uh, That was was, uh, from 1810 to 1840. It was about 30 years. This was not just in one place. This happened actually in several places uh, with Charles Finney and uh, uh, just an incredible uh, thing. If you ever uh, look back at history or you're a history buff in the world, listen, th- these are not made up things. These are things that actually happened and transpired in the world, which led to the third great awakening, which was back in 1880 and 1910. And this was at the tail end of that great awakening was something called the Azusa Street Revival. And that started all the way, you see it ended in 1910, Azusa started in 1906, and that 1906 is when all of a sudden that incredible movement that took place. And then the final, the fourth great awakening is probably one you're more familiar with. They just had a movie out about it. I don't know if you guys saw uh, that movie with Chuck Smith and the Jesus. How many of you saw that movie? Man, if it, it was so powerful to see what God had done in and through that. That was the, the beginning of the charismatic renewal and, and uh, the Jesus people. And, and let me tell you something, that changed society. That changed the world around us. And something that we know that takes place When people are awakened to the things of God, when a revival stirs those things that maybe have gone to sleep or been dead in our own lives, I want you to know that there's something that happened. There's three things that take place and happen when we become awakened to the Lord. And and if you're taking notes, I pray that you are. I want you to write some of these things down and hold on to them. Ask the Lord for them. If you have our church app, you can go there, open it up. You can take Take notes right inside there. You can take them, email them to yourself, 
That's always cool, right? Email my notes to myself. Uh, you can email those to yourself. You can have them then in print. You can go over them, take a look at them. Um, I encourage you to, to write these down. Here's the, the first thing that happens when a great awakening takes place. The first thing is there is an awakening to the Word of God. The Word of God all of a sudden becomes new fresh and alive in our hearts and in our lives. I want you to know that something amazing happens when people begin to awaken to the Word of God. You can trust your life upon that book. That book is alive. It is real. It is powerful. It is teeming with the power and the presence of Almighty God. And if you are, listen, I'm just saying, if you are someone who casually from time to time opens up that book. If, if you're sitting here and you're going, man, where, where did I put that thing? I want to encourage you to get in his word and allow that to stir in your life. The second thing, that, that, that's the first thing that happened at every great awakening, there was an awakening to God's word. It became life for people. It became their source and their strength and everything that they had. The second thing that took place was there was an awakening to the supernatural. An awakening to God's presence and the supernatural, in every single one of those great awakenings, people were filled with the Spirit. People were, were, were healed. People were set free. People were delivered. Come on, how many of you know our God is doing those things right now? Testimony after testimony of God's healing, God's infilling, what God is doing. He's empowering a new generation, a generation that is hungry, that wants to walk. Look at, do we have a generation that's coming up in the world right now? They, they have seen it, it at such a young age, they have seen it all. They've lived through a pandemic. They've walked through this thing that, that has captured all of the world called social media. They've seen all of the things, and God is raising up a generation who wants more of him than more of this world and what it has to offer. And that is exciting. That's the start of every great awakening. There's an awakening to the supernatural. You may say, man, that's, that's, that's weird. I, I want you to understand. I, I, I understand that, but we live in a very supernatural world. We live in a world where people call upon all kinds of things, spirits and, and, and idols and all kinds of things. We, are, we have a, a, a world and a generation that is hungry for the things of God. And so I know that this is happening uh, all around the world. I know here as a church family and a church body, we want to see God move. And, and do incredible things. Here's the most powerful thing that happens during an awakening. The third thing is there is an awakening to repentance. There is an awakening to repentance. And here's what you need to hear. For both the religious and the non-religious. There is a, an awakening to our desperate need for him. We say, God, I have followed you all the days of my life, but I realize today I still need you. 
and I am nothing but a sinner saved by your grace. Is anybody else happy, excited that his, his blood washed over all of our sins and all the things that we've done and all of the hardships that we face that, that could bring us down? Come on. When we have a, a bad attitude, nobody here has a bad attitude, right? You don't have a bad attitude. But when you do, I don't have a bad attitude, but when I do, but when I do, I need to call upon the name of the Lord. I need his help. I need to be quick to repent, quick to say I'm sorry, quick to, to do I think that in the world we live in, we, 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 we'll get into that. We really will today. I want you to know something. We're going to dive in to the book of Acts, and we're going to take a look at verse 21 through 29. And I'm going to grab my, my Acts journal. Uh, boy, if you're not, we're, we're back into Acts. We have been in the book of Acts for almost a year and a half. Oh, I love that. I love that. Sound, sounds like you're ready for it to be done. No, I'm <laughs> Woohoo! It's like, say what? A year and a half, and we've gotten to chapter 19, verse 21. We are walking through verse by verse this incredible book, what it means and speaks to us. And uh, as we take a look at this uh, passage of Scripture, uh, we see that God begins to do a move in the midst of some pretty incredible chaos. And if your life has ever experienced chaos, I want you to know that God desires to move in the midst of your chaos, in the midst of your turmoil, in the midst of your strife, in the midst of your stress, in the midst of your worry, in the midst of your anxiety. I want you to know that God wants to move in your life. So we need to kind of take a look at a couple of things here. The first thing we need to know is that God changes lives. And not everyone is excited about that. Not everyone is excited when God changes a life. You say, what are you talking about, Pastor? That's, that's crazy. Let's, let's dive in and let's take a look at verse 21. It says, now after these events, Paul resolved in the spirit to pass through Macedonia and Achaia and, and go to Jerusalem saying, after I have been there, I must also see Rome. And having sent into Macedonia two of his helpers, Timothy and Erastus, he himself stayed in Asia for a while. The first thing that you need to know is that that first line, Paul resolved in the Spirit. He prayed in the Spirit. He sought the Lord. The Lord led him and guided him. He resolved in the Spirit to pass through, to move on. I want you to know that God, his spirit will lead you. He will guide you. If you are seeking direction for your life, for your calling, for your ministry, for your home, for your family, for your job, for your whatever it is, I ask, are, are you praying about it? Are you asking God, God lead me? Are you trying to make your best guess? Or, or I, I don't know if you've ever done this. I sure have. Have you ever had a big decision and you made two columns, the pros and the cons? And whichever one's longer, 
Or do we say, God, I'm going to lay down all the pros and cons. I just want to hear your voice. I need you to lead me. I need you to guide me. Paul did that. He sought the Lord. He was led by the Holy Spirit. In verse 23, it says this, about that time, there arose no little disturbance. Who talks like that? There was no little disturbance. That means there was a big problem. There was a huge problem. There was no little disturbance concerning the way. So the way was what this movement was called during that time. That was the first term for this movement of Christ. They were called the way. And as they began this process of walking out, they, they, we see a man named Demetrius who all of a sudden comes to the forefront. Demetrius is a silversmith who made silver shrines of Artemis, brought no little business to the craftsmen. Then he gathered together the workmen in similar trades and said, Men, you know that from this business we have our wealth. From this business we have our wealth. So how many of you know uh, uh, earlier when the young girl who they were, they were making money off of when she was prayed for and the demons that were in her, she was freed from and that demon possession ended and those who were her handlers, right, they were upset because she was their livelihood. In this same way, Ephesus was the epicenter of all of the things that had to do with Artemis and many of the businessmen were getting rich by making these silver figurines and all the idols that they were selling, and they were selling cures, and they were selling uh, healings. They were selling protection from evil spirits, and, and here they are, and they're developing this, and all of a sudden, Paul comes in and says, you just, you need Jesus. And people started turning to the way and following Jesus, and how many of you know that didn't make the business people very happy? They're like, oh, wait, hold on. Now you're, now you're touching my life and my livelihood here. Here's the truth. Sometimes when you have, and maybe you can think back to the day, you made a, a decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you decided to walk with him and say, I'm turning my life to him. There were, might have been some people in your life who weren't so thrilled about that. Maybe it even caused angst or pain or hurt or they felt that you were leaving them or because really what it did is it made them uncomfortable, right? It makes them uncomfortable so much so that your decision to follow Jesus caused them to be angry and upset with you, maybe even walk out of your life. I'm here to tell you that you can never go wrong when you choose to follow Jesus. You follow him. Follow Jesus. When Christ changes your life, not everyone is going to be happy. Your relationship might become a little contentious with those around you. Uh, I want you to know, if you thought somehow when you came and gave your life to Jesus that all of a sudden every, all your problems were going to go away, how many, come on, how many of you know that, that didn't happen, did it? That's not what, what this is all. It's not like, hey, man, I, I just need to come to Jesus, and man, all the things in my life are going to be taken care of, and this is going to be just, just super. Listen, the Bible tells us, Jesus said, 
in this world you will have trouble. How many of you know those words to be true? <laughs> in this world you will have trouble. And so many times we go, why God? Why did you do this? Why? You know what? I love this. I love to turn that question, why God, into, okay, how, God, are you going to be glorified in this? How are you going to, what are you going to do? You must be up to something because you're about to do something. And sometimes we worry and we fear and we, we don't understand, you know, those emotions. And we say, God, here I am. I want you to know something. This businessman, he was upset because they were losing business. And they were losing what was their livelihood. And I want you to know we can learn something from him that we probably can see in our, our own lives. People will fight for what they worship. People will fight for what they worship. In this world that we live in, people worship power, prestige, placement, position, power. I said, I said that one, didn't I? I should just say them again to make sure we all get them. <laughs> Finances, politics, Man, we get, we, get, we, get, we get going, we get understanding that people will fight for what they worship. Here we see, he says, no, there, there was no little disturbance. All of a sudden, things start to get a little bit crazy. And in verse 25, which we just read, it says, these he gathered Together, Come on, how many of you know, when we have a problem, we want to gather together all the people who are going to help us and agree with us and, and help us cause a stink. Come on. And he called them together, and in verse 26 he said, And you see and hear that not only in Ephesus, but in almost all of Asia. Hold on. This thing is just starting. And now, have you ever met someone who just embellishes the truth a little bit? Right? They like to make a little story even bigger. Listen, it's not just here, but it's in almost all of Asia. Now, it's true. It was starting to move and go, and, and, the, and the, the, they were traveling through Asia, and this was an incredible, one of his, his missionary journeys, and as he did that, he all of a sudden encounters Christ, and, 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 and all of a sudden, all these things begin to happen. What happens in just this passage of Scripture earlier in chapter 19 is that revival we talked about began to happen. They had revival. It just began to stir, and then there was some contention, and now here they are, and, and, and there was actually some counterfeiting that took place from the seven sons of Sceva. They money on what God was doing in their city, in their area. They began to counterfeit it, and now all of a sudden there's chaos, and there's oppression, and they're experiencing the heaviness, and this is just all of a sudden the circle that they are in. Here it is, he, he, and he said, uh, and you will see all of this 
in almost all of Asia, this Paul has persuaded and turned away a great many people, saying that gods made with hands are not gods. And there is danger, not only that this trade of ours may come into dis, dis, disrepute, but also that the temple of the great goddess Artemis may be counted as nothing, and that she may even be deposed from her magnificence, she whom all Asia and the world worship. When they heard this, they were enraged and were crying out, great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Come on, how many of you have ever been to a, a great game, sporting event, and the, ch- crowd, the crowd started chanting? They started hollering, hooping. Oh, man, all of a sudden, man, there was a, a chant that is going on, and it, and it lifted. Can you imagine these people? All of a sudden, they start chanting these words. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Hey, you know, great is Artemis of the Ephesians. They're yelling it. They're they're screaming this at the top of their lungs. Exactly. What in the world? And as they chant this, listen to this. So the city was filled with confusion. Confusion set in, chaos. 20 verses ago, the whole city was honoring the Lord. And now they are in absolute chaos. Confusion has set in. I want you to know something, that God is not the author of confusion. If there is anything in your life that you are doing, now, come on, we, we, we go through life and we have things that, that, that happen in relationships. We have family gatherings. This is Mother's Day. Let's have no confusion today. Let's have, oh, I got some claps on that one. Let's have no chaos in our homes today. Can I get an amen? amen. Woo, we're all on the same page, right? But you know, you all got that one cousin. He liked to stir things up when the family gets together. <laughs> don't, don't, be, don't be that cousin. But you have to ask yourself, are you creating the controversy? Are you creating the confusion? Is what you say or what you do bringing that? Listen, that the Lord is not the Lord of confusion. He is the God of peace. And he wants to bring peace into every situation. I mentioned earlier that whole social media thing. We have a generation that's grown up in social media, and and really what that has become is a platform for us to draw and bring and inspire confusion. 
It, it is something that there is no rhyme. You can say whatever you want. In fact, some people do. They just throw this thing out there, mic drop, sit back, grab their popcorn, and watch the explosion. Church, please understand we are called to be the peacemakers, not the troublemakers. We are called to be the voice of reason and of the Lord, not the ones who are stirring the pot and calling it. Mm. You know what that... I don't even know where I'm at in the verses here. Oh, my cousin, that's it. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're back to the cousin. <laughs> oh, there's going to be some fun conversations with some cousins at lunch today. Oh. So the city was filled with confusion. Let's read this verse. And they rushed together into the theater, dragging with them Gaius and Aristarchus, Macedonians who were Paul's companions in his travel. So where I was going with that, I wanted to finish that verse because what I was just talking about is what we need to see in number two. We need to understand that we do not need to chase the drama. The world is full of the drama. We don't need to chase it. We don't want to chase it. I want you to know, the gospel changes lives. The gospel changes lives. Can I tell you, that the latest conspiracy theory does not change lives? Has, has any argument ever been won on Facebook? I don't think so. People drop all kinds of things, and the one, one thing that you need to understand is so many times we don't even know where it's coming from. We don't know the heart behind it. We don't know any of the things. We don't know the truth of it. Let me tell you what we do know is true. It is the book, the Bible, the Word of God. We know its intention. We know what it's all about. We know it's true. We know it will lead us. It will guide us. So come on, how many of you know we need to base our lives on this, not everything that the world has for us? or says to us, or drops in this, or drops in that. We need to be the people of God who understand. We need to bring light to the situation, hope to the situation. Everything that God wants to do in that and through that, he has a plan for our lives. So here we go. But when Paul wished to go in among the crowd, the disciples would not let him. Paul is awesome. Come on, he's like, oh man, let me go in there. Let me, let me go, let me get in there. Put me in, coach, I'm ready. Uh, put, put me in, I, he was a baller. If you, if you, he's a, he was ready. And his disciples were around him 
You want to know what that was? He had a great small group that protected him. He had a good circle of people around him that he was doing life with. Paul wanted to go in there, and they said, oh, no, no, absolutely not. We're going to protect you. Thank goodness for those of us, if, you, if you've been in a small group or, or haven't, man, I'm telling you, it's one of the most life-changing things that will empower your life. We need to surround ourselves with people who will help us. I want you to know that in the world, when, 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 when things happen and things get crazy, you need an incredible voice that will help lead you and guide you. You need men and women who are in your life. Paul had surrounded himself with some champions, and they, in this moment, stopped him. And even... The disciples would not let him, and even some of the uh, Asiarchs killed that one, (laughs) who were friends of his, sent to him and were urging him not to venture into the theater. Now, listen to this. Some cried out one thing, some another, for the assembly was in confusion. And most of them did not know why they had even come together. This is what's called a mob mentality. Why are you here? I don't know, but this is awesome. (laughs) Great is Artemis in Ephesians. Why are we chanting that? I have no idea why I'm here. If that isn't a picture of America right now, we are a world in confusion and we don't even know what is happening. We need to base our lives and our hope on the book of Jesus Christ. We need to know why we are and what we believe and who we are standing for. And most of them did not know why they came together. I have no words, but we've seen it in our country. We see it all over. Some of the crowds prompted Alexander, whom the Jews had put forward, and Alexander, motioning with his hand, wanted to make a defense to the crowd. We have no idea what that motioning of his hand was. He motioned to the crowd wanted to make a case. But when they recognized that he was a Jew, for about two hours, they all cried with one voice, great is Artemis of the Ephesians. Can we just think about that for one second? How stupid. That's deep thought right there. How stupid. You know what they were doing? They were silencing. Someone wanted to speak. Someone wanted to bring wisdom. Someone wanted to to talk to them. And they said, no. Great is Artemis of the Ephesians. We're not even going to let you talk. We're just going to keep chanting for two hours. That's incredible to me. Have you heard of something called cancel culture? Are we living the book of Acts right now? Are we living what this is? We, you, you, you get canceled for this, canceled for that. I want you to know that this world that we live in is absolutely anti any biblical worldview. 
If you have a worldview that is based on this book, you, we all understand that, right? And here's what they're doing. They're canceling them. We will not let you talk. Oh, you're a Jew. Hold on. Let's chant a little bit louder. And I love this part of the verse. We'll close here. Wrapping this up. Listen to this awesome verse. And when the town clerk, a civic leader, probably voted into leadership at that time, when the city town clerk quieted the crowd, he said... Men of Ephesus, who is there who does not know that the city of Ephesians is the temple keeper of the great Artemis and of the sacred stone that fell from the sky? Seeing then that these things cannot be denied, you ought to be quiet and do nothing rash. If you remember, Demetrius' argument was, The whole world is turning. The city clerk steps up and says, the whole world knows that we are the center of Artemis and we should do nothing. For you have brought these men here who are neither sacrilegious or blasphemous of our goddess. Do you know that they weren't weren't out preaching against Artemis. They weren't out blaspheming their beliefs. All they were doing was lifting up Jesus and proclaiming his name and telling people about the way to him and all of those things. What it did, however, was it interrupted the business flow of society at that time. I want you to know I believe it. I believe we're on the precipice of one of the, another great awakening that is happening in the world today, and it's probably do, going to do those things. It's going to awaken people to the word. It's going to call people and awaken them to the supernatural, and it's going to literally open their hearts in repentance to the Lord. We live in a world that is so confused today. They're confused in so many different ways. Confusion has set in in the world that has taken place that that we live in today. This world needs Jesus. And if your home is in chaos, I want you to know that if you put your trust in Jesus, on this Mother's Day that we are here together today, I want you to know that Jesus will come in and he will help if there's confusion or chaos in your life. Come on, how many of you know that Jesus brings peace to those things. He wants to bring peace to your life. We go on to read here, if therefore Demetrius and the craftsmen with him have a complaint against anyone, the courts are open and there are proconsuls. Let them bring charges against one another. But if you seek anything further, it shall be settled in the regular assembly. For we really are in danger of being charged with rioting today, since there is no cause that we can give to justify this commission. And when they had said these things, he dismissed the assembly. Paul didn't go in and stop it. 
those who were with him didn't go in and stop it. They sent Alexander in and he couldn't stop it. You know who stopped it? The city clerk. You know, the Bible is very clear for us that we need to pray for our leaders. We need to pray and we need to vote and we need to pray about our vote, but then we need to pray for the people who take that office. And you know what the Bible also says? How dare we complain if we haven't prayed for? Do not complain about anyone that you are not praying for. I know that hurts a little bit. We got a little silent on that one. Yeah, there's problems in the world today because we're human and humans are running it and we are fallen and there's nobody perfect. And so we're gonna live in a broken, hurting world. And in the midst of that, Jesus came and he meets us where we are. In the midst of our chaos, he speaks healing and hope and help and wholeness. And I want you to know today that your life can be filled with those things. All you have to do, as the Bible says, is to trust him. So I close with these final words. The third thing that we need to understand today is we need, as the people of God, to belong. We need to be encouraged. We need to stay committed. I want to encourage you today that, that, that we need in this moment of history and time, it is time for the church to be the church and to be together and to belong. It is not by chance that we say here at Grace Valley, we want to be a place for you to believe and a place for you to belong. Come on, say it with me. Believe and belong. Believe and belong. That's what we are called to do. It's time for us to gather together again. It's time for us to meet together every single week. It is time for us to gather and be in his presence. If you're watching online, it is time. We would love, if you watch and watch, we would love for you to experience what God is doing in this place. Come on, how many of you felt his presence here today? He is real. He is alive. He is moving. And it's time for us to belong, to be encouraged, to stay committed. Because in the midst of our chaos, God is moving. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today, you say, Pastor Kurt, would you just pray for me as you close this service? Would you pray for me right now? I have chaos happening in my life and I need his hand and his touch to move in my situation. I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter what I know. What matters is you signify, say, God, here I am. I just want you to meet me in the midst of my chaos. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up? Right where you're at. Wow, yeah. And I don't know what, what that is for you, but I do know this. God wants to meet you all right where you are in the balcony, side to side. Whatever it is you're walking through, Jesus Christ wants to step into your chaos and flip it upside down. Even if the chaos continues, his peace will be in your heart and your life. Thank you. You can put your hands down. 
If there's anyone in this room right now, you say, Pastor Kurt, would you pray for me? Not only, maybe you just raised your hand, maybe you didn't, but you say, Pastor Kurt, I, I need Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life, of my situation. I need him to step into my life in this moment. If that is you, would you show me right now? Would you say, Pastor Kurt, here I am. Pray for me. I need God in my life. I want to bring, I need him to be the Lord of my heart and my life. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, ma'am. Are there any? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Over here. I'm moving over here. Anyone else in the balcony? Yeah, yes, sir, yes, over there. Wow, guys, I want you to know that whatever it is that you are walking through or needing, the Bible says all you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord, and the Bible says that he will come and he will meet you. He will step into your heart and your life. Come on, church, can we just give the Lord praise for right now, for all these who made this incredible decision that you are saying, God, I just want more of God in my life and in my heart, my circumstance, my chaos, Come on, would you just stand with me right now and allow me to pray over you? Would you just allow me to pray in this moment? Worship team, would you come on out and take your place? And let's just prepare our hearts right now. Would you do something with me? I don't want anyone to feel uh, uncomfortable, so I'm gonna ask everybody to do it. How's that? I'm gonna invite everyone. Would you just lift your hands to Almighty God, to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Would you just right now join me in a moment of sacrifice saying, God, here I am. Lord, I pray over every single person in this room. God, I pray that you in this moment would bless and keep and set free and set order to chaos. God, I pray for those hearts and lives who are calling out to you right now. God, I pray that you would meet them right now in Jesus' name. Come into their lives. Move in mountains, Lord, that are in their way. God, we pray this in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask that you would set us free to live at peace in the chaos of this world. God, may we not chase the drama. May we be the source of hope and light and peace in the name of Jesus. Come on, let's give the Lord praise right now. Let's receive it in Jesus' name. And we have one more prayer that we want to pray over you to speak a, a blessing over all the moms today. Tony Lee and Dee are going to pray a prayer of blessing over, come on, can we just show some love to all the moms in the room? We're so thankful for you. You are awesome. You are incredible. We love you. We appreciate you. They're gonna pray a prayer of blessing. Speak a blessing, pray a blessing over you. Come on, moms, receive this. In fact, if you're near a mom right now, would you just put your arm around them or, or, or put just, just hug them right there or, or just put your hand on their shoulder or maybe in front of you if they're standing alone. Uh, maybe they don't have family here today. We want to surround you in Jesus' name. Amen. God, we thank you for our moms, God, and we thank you right now that they're imperfectly perfect we thank you for calling them to be our moms here right now. You call them to take care of us, to be in our lives. And we thank you for who they are and what they give us. God, give them strength. Let grace 
follow them, God. Let mercy follow them, God. We pray that you give them self-care. Have that be on their list for today and the rest of the year, God. And we pray that they know that they're loved and that they're cared for, that they're special, that they're no, that they're, no one's more important um, than them as a mother in our lives, God. And we thank you, God. Be with them. God, we pray for healing and health and wholeness over them right now in the name of Jesus, God. Be with them, God. God, show them love, God, and grace. In your name we pray, God. Let this day be special for them, God. In your name we pray, amen. And Father, we also pray for those that are here today that um, find Mother's Day a challenge. For those who are watching online today and they, they have a heavy heart that they can't even come to church on Mother's Day because they're grieving the loss of a mother or maybe they are grieving the loss of the idea that they can be a mother. Or Father, for those that are single mothers today that are struggling, the mom who's praying for a prodigal child to come home, Jesus. And for those, Lord God, that are struggling in a toxic relationship or a challenging relationship with their mother, Father God, we know that you are the great restorer. And Father God, we call to those children to come home. God, we pray for those relationships to be restored. And we speak peace and comfort and joy and strength over every individual mother-daughter relationship, mother-son relationship today, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that you promised to be close to the brokenhearted. So if there's anyone hurting today, Jesus, we thank you that you will hold them by the right hand and that, Lord God, you will disperse any confusion or chaos in the homes or relationships today. And we just bind them to peace and joy in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give all of our moms a big hand one more time. Before, before we go, can we just seal everything that has just happened with this song? And let's 